So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. Welcome to today's show and thanks for taking the time to listen. I'm David Spizak and today I'd like to talk to you about something that I've mentioned in the past and it is the power of counterintuitive thinking, the power of thinking not just differently but at times in complete opposition to what would generally pop up into your brain in certain situations. So I'll give you a good example. You know, when I grew up, when I was uh, a kid in the 60s, you know, I was raised with the ideal in mind, with the thought that I should go find a good job, a job that I could really stick with, a company I could stick with, not for years, but for decades. And the goal back then, you always heard about it, was to get to the point where you were at that job, in that career for 25, 30 years, and then they'd have some magnificent retirement ceremony. They would present you with a gold watch, which of course was not actually made of gold, and you would get your pension if you were lucky and sail off into the sunset, you know, typically with a meager pension that would allow you to get by along with Social Security. Um, and, you know, that used to really be the goal. That was, that was what people thought of for decades as being the right thing to do. But something in my mind when I was a kid, when I was young, when I was an adolescent, made me think, I don't think that's the plan for me. I don't think that's what I want to do. I can't imagine anything at that time. I couldn't have imagined anything that I wanted to do for decades that I would love doing for decades. What I wanted to do was to, like a lot of people, was to figure out what I was going to be great at. What I wanted to do was to find something that I could be inspired by, to work for people that would inspire me, that would work in a career that would motivate and inspire me to want to get better and better and better. I didn't know, like many people, I really didn't know what my potential was at that time. And let's face it, most people in their 20s and 30s don't. And to be perfectly honest with you, I've known a lot of people in my life in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, they still don't know what their potential is. If you got them in a quiet room, in fact, and asked them, they wouldn't know. Some of them don't still even know what they want to be when they grow up. How many times have maybe you yourself or somebody you've spoken to you asked, what do you want to do? I don't know. That's the problem, David. I don't know what I want to do. And that's kind of sad, isn't it? Because what that means is that somebody has not been able to resolve a pretty important question. And that is, where am I going? What's my purpose? What's my intention? What's all of this for? What is it for? It doesn't matter whether you're working as an employee right now, whether you're a a salesperson, if you're a manager, if you're an executive, if you're a solopreneur, entrepreneur, franchisee, nonprofit, some version of the clergy, it doesn't matter exactly what you're doing right now. What matters 
is, is it going to deliver you? Is it going to take you ultimately to where you want to go? Imagine, visualize, close your eyes unless you're driving a car or some piece of heavy machinery. Close your eyes right now. And I want you to imagine looking at a map of the United States. You're situated in San Diego. You need to go to Washington, D.C. And you need to be able to get there into the right direction, into the right path to get there. You need two things. You need to have, first of all, starting and ending coordinates, right? That's important. And then I need to have a vehicle that's going to take me there. If I jump on a donkey, I can't jump on a donkey that's going to see the, the look up at the Rocky Mountains and go, okay, man, I, I'm done. I'm done. We're done. I can't use some type of a bicycle or something that in winter weather is not going to cut it. I need to make sure I have some type of vehicle that has the capacity, the potential at least, to get me from coast to coast. And then I have to know where I'm going. And so why do I bring this up? Well, I was thinking about personal experience, thinking about when I was younger. And I had the opportunity, um, thanks to some uh, you know, nice breaks, somebody hired me, somebody gave me a chance. It was in a car dealership, a Ford dealership, in fact, in a little town, rural community, Northern California, east of Sacramento little town. And I had the opportunity for the first time in my life to break $100,000 a year. And today, that's a lot of money. You can imagine in the 1980s, early 1980s, that was a lot of money, man. And, you know, I, I, I was married and I had a kid and I was making good money. And oh, by the way, I was 23, 24, 25 years old. When this happened, by a lot of people's measure, by societal measures, I had made it to a certain level. People, some people could even say I was successful at that time to make over a hundred thousand dollars, and in fact, it was well over a hundred thousand. I was in the one thirty-five, one forty-five range at that time, and I was young. And so, what would you typically do? What would be the right thing to do based on how you were raised, based on what you've learned? The right thing to do would be to stay in that position, man, and keep riding that wave, right? But that's not what I did. I quit. And that sounds nuts. And if it sounds nuts to you, man, it really sounded nuts to people in my world back then. They thought I was flat crazy. I mean, can you imagine in my mid-20s, I had already been able to receive or, or earn the title of being a sales manager in this dealership, not a huge dealership, but it was decent size, and I was making really good money. But the problem was, as I saw it, as I visualized where I wanted to go, it occurred to me that that vehicle couldn't deliver me there. I was heading in the right direction, to be sure, but the vehicle I was using was not going to take me to my ultimate destination that I had in my brain. Now, right, wrong, or indifferent, that's what was in my mind. And I didn't feel like I was living a congruent life. 
And when that happens, a funny thing happens. It's not about the money anymore, right? It's about your happiness. It's about whether you are living in congruency. And so what did I do? Well, I went home. Uh, I was married at the time. And I went home and I said, listen, uh, this really isn't what I intended to do. This isn't really what I feel what I was destined to do. I wanted to be a public speaker. I wanted to be able to have the opportunity to transform people, to share lessons I had learned from my childhood, from my adolescence, growing up in a tough situation as a kid, to creating tough situations, honestly, as an adolescent, because I didn't apply myself as much as I should have in, as, a, as a teenager. And instead, I figured that I had full license based on my childhood to act out. I had full license to rebel. I had full license to whatever authority wanted me to do. Nope, I was going to go the other way. So problems existed for me that I didn't have any choice of before the age of 10. But after the age of 10, I started adding on. I started creating those. And so by the time I got into my mid-20s, and I got to what I thought I wanted, it turned out that it isn't what I wanted after all. And so I went home and said, listen, I have no plans to fail here, but if this went wrong, if everything goes off the tracks, are we okay? And she said, okay. She said, we're okay. And I said, all right, if we lose the house, we lose the car, we lose, yeah, we're okay. All right. So with that, I went in and I quit that high-paying job. I went from making 135, 145 to zero. I went from having health care to not having health care. Seems nuts, right? Especially with a baby. And it was nuts. I get it. But it was not, it just wasn't the right thing for me. So I did it. Instead, I went to go build something on my own. Thankfully, by applying the same work ethic, by applying conviction, faith, passion, by, by leveraging my curiosity, my intense curiosity, and having a passion to learn, and wanting to truly impact people in a positive way, through a lot of hustle and a lot of grind, a lot of long hours, and a lot of long days, I was able to find success. In fact, I was able to surpass what I was making as a manager just in about a year to a year and a half later. And that's pretty cool, right? If I hadn't left that opportunity, that better opportunity to make more money doing something I actually love to do would have never come along. And it's interesting, ironically, One of my best clients was a Mercedes store in San Jose, California. And that really wonderful family, the Smythe family, um, that I had the opportunity to work with, uh, Michael Smythe and Bill Smythe. Um, I really got to know them well. I think they got to know me well. And we really liked each other. I, I really appreciated the opportunity to be around them. And from time to time, Michael would say, hey, you know, I think you're going to end up working here. 
I'd like you to work here. And I'd go, okay, that sounds nice. Thank you. But I liked my life. I liked what I was doing. But one day I get a page. Back then we had pagers. I look down at my pager and it says 408-983-5200, the number for the store, followed by 911, not once, not twice, but three times. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So I called the store. I asked for him and he says, hey, I, I need you to meet up with me. And so I did. No questions asked. And long story boring, He said, hey, I want you to come to work here. I need you here. And I said, okay. Now, wait a minute. Are you saying, David, you went right back to what you were doing before? No, not at all. First of all, life changes. We change. We evolve. And so you've heard the expression, right? Right time, right place. Or wrong time, wrong place. Well, in this case, case, it was the right time in the right place. Why do I say that? Well, at this point, I was actually experiencing enough success that I was on the road all the time. And I wasn't home with my family. And I was kind of weary of that. I was tired of that. And so I took the job. Now, here's the crazy part. Here we go again. I leave a job making 145 to make zero. I then build that up to making about double that, about 250. And then I get offered a job. Guess what? Making about $145,000. This time to live in a more expensive area. This time not to drive five minutes to work. No, but to commute 45 minutes to an hour. And so you know what I said? Yes, yes. Right time, right place. I believe this is where I should be. I believed in the opportunity. I believed in myself. And I also believed in that family. And I was right. Because in a matter of time, I got the opportunity to help, to be a co-architect, to help transform that store. And that store became legendary. It became legendary for profitability as the most profitable store in the history of the of the auto industry, it also became legendary, more importantly, for having the lowest employee turnover in the history of the auto industry. And can you imagine, I got to be part of that. And in that journey, yes, I ended up surpassing the last income of 250. It went to 350, 500, 750, and more. In fact, that's the first time I ever broke a million dollars a year in income. Now, can you imagine if I would have stayed at that $142,000, $145,000 job in Yuba City, the two fifty doesn't happen and the million dollars doesn't happen. But what you know what else wouldn't happen? The opportunity to be in that different place, the opportunity to evolve, the opportunity to grow. We're always in the right place at the right time, as it turns out. We're always where we're supposed to be. It's a matter of, to me, do we recognize that? Oh, and by the way, that job, the very same one where I started earning seven figures, you may be interested to know I left that job too. I went and I started with a partner of mine, a software company, at what should have been the worst time in the history. And that was 2008, the beginning of the biggest recession that we have ever seen. 
So I started that, I started in that next part of my journey. And for two years, I made zero dollars. Can you imagine? Again, I left my health plan. I left my 401k. I left another great income to pursue something that I thought was a better fit for me. Something that just called to me. Yes, it was again for the fourth time counterintuitive. But I listened to that inner voice of mine and I took it. I took that opportunity to, by all appearances, go backwards. And man, am I glad I did. It took me two years before I saw my first check. And that check was for 10 grand a month. And I have never been happier. I've never been prouder to make an income than when I made that first $10,000 salary. I remember I even had to get my board's approval to give myself a $10,000 salary after two years. So that was in the year 2010. Company was started in January of 08. Six years later, that company was sold to a multi-billion dollar company for a lot of zeros, a lot. And that, my friends, would have never happened if I did not employ counterintuitive thinking. That would not have happened, frankly, if I listened to some of the people that were supposed to be, you know, my friends, my associates, my confidants, because they thought each time that I was stone cold nuts. It wouldn't have happened if I listened to doubt or fears. And it wouldn't have happened if I had not been able to embrace the power, the good side of failure. Because it's really true. It's not a matter of whether you succeed or whether you fail. It's a matter of whether you succeed or you learn. And that's what I did in each and every case. And so I hope that this message is uplifting to you. I hope this message may motivate or inspire you. And I'm not saying to go run out of your building today, run away from your job today, quit your job today. Unless you're in a vehicle right now that does not have the ability, the potential at least, to take you where you ultimately want to go. Because if it's not that vehicle, then by all means, you should jump out and look for a better one. You've been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happens.